You're listening to Drek FM. This is Steve Sansweet of Rancho Obi-Wan, and you're listening to the 602 Club. There was a little bar in Mill Valley where all the Starfleet trainees used to go. The 602 Club. You know it. <laughs> I was there more times than I can remember. Simple, I can't tell. Dr. Banks? Hey, 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 what are you doing? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay? They need to see me. Take it off her head, Master. Dr. Banks? Are you okay? You're risking contamination. They need to see me. Dr. Banks? She's walking towards the screen. Welcome, everyone, to a special supplemental episode here in the 602 Club. I'm so excited to, to be in here. Ruby just let us in. We, we had something really important we wanted to talk about uh, this week that, um, well, geez, uh, just came up on the schedule. And we're like, we, we need to talk about this. So I'm so excited to be here. Before we dive into the supplemental there, just a few things for everyone. One huge thank you. Got a brand new five-star review from Blade Runner 78. And the tagline for their review, best podcast ever. I don't know how you beat that. So all I've got to say is a huge thank you to them for going to iTunes to do that for us. It really means a lot. Helps the show grow immensely. And so, again, uh, if you want to find any of our shows here on, on Trek FM with the 602 Club, iTunes.com slash TrekFM. And to help us grow, reviews, ratings do wonders. So again, thank you so much there, Blade Runner 78. Uh, of course, you can find us on Twitter, at TrekFM, Facebook, Facebook.com slash TrekFM, the listeners-only discussion group, which is the Babel Conference there on Facebook, you can find, which is fantastic. You can find that through typing Babel into the search field on Facebook, or you can be at our website, Trek.FM, any of the show pages, click discussion on the menu bar, and that'll bring you over there. So, uh, And if you'd like to send us some feedback on the show, uh, we love that. Trek.fm slash contact. Choose a show. Choose the 602 Club. That'll come straight here to me. You get to share that with any of the hosts that have been on that week. And last but not least, love getting voicemails. Speakpipe.com slash Trek.fm. You can leave us a voicemail and work at it. And We've got a great supplemental here for you guys. Uh, just so much going on uh, in the world of film and TV these days. Uh, fall has become, I think, almost the new summer where people are really looking forward to fall films. And we wanted to get together and talk about the brand new sci-fi original film based on something original, not, not something that, you know, some franchise or some other star thing. No, this is this is based on a short story, so we're so excited to be here. And for the first time ever in the 602 Club, proud associate producer of the 602 Club, the one, the only, Ken Tripp. Hey, good evening, Matt. Thanks for having me aboard. It is it is fun. It's the first time we've ever spoken. Uh, we've, we've corresponded a lot for the last couple of years, but it's it's a real pleasure and honor to finally be on the show. 
Well, it's great to have you here. Uh, hopefully, Ruby is treating you well, getting you anything you want. Uh, first time in the 602 Club is on the house, so uh, make sure you order something special. And uh, we're back with Richard. Richard, how's it going, man? It's good to have you here. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me back. Uh, very excited to be here uh, talking about Arrival. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm really excited about this. Uh, you know, as I said, you know, one of the things about especially fall there there seems to be a lot more originality maybe in fall than you necessarily get in the summer and seeing this one uh, and the trailers for it I, I thought it looked really interesting obviously a movie about aliens arriving and trying to communicate with them that's been done before but uh, I didn't know until you mentioned Richard before I saw the film that this was based off a short story a short novella called story of your life by ted chang and so i immediately after watching the film went out and bought the short story collection so i could read this um i wanted to ask you uh what what helped you find this short story was it just seeing that they were a nebula winner in 2000 or or what made you pick this one up um, well, originally, um, when I saw this story for the very first time, it was recommended to me by a friend, uh, while I was actually funny enough in Iraq. Um, and at that time, um, I was going, I was burning through books, <laughs> trying to keep my head straight out there. But, uh, uh, it was one of those books that, uh, that really stuck to me back in those days. And, um, she, I, I can't, uh, I think the reason why she was, uh, it recommended this book is obviously I'm a sci-fi, um, uh, reader, uh, as well as, it, it it just it it's a very thought provoking uh, kind of book, it, especially the rest of the stories as well. But like it's it's very it, I mean it, you know, she did it for a college uh, paper of some sort, a college class, and um, she just told me about it, and um, I absolutely loved I I loved it back, uh, and this was back in two thousand and three, so it's been a long time. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean yeah, this story came out uh, I think ninety eight ninety nine somewhere around there, and it. It won some awards. It won the Sturgeon Award in 99. It won the Nebula for Best Novella in 2000. So it, it, it was a well-known story. Uh, Ken, had, had you heard at all the fact that this was a short story, or he, did you just see the trailers and think, oh, this movie looks good? No, it was just the trailers. I, I didn't know about the short story. So for me, like you, Matthew, I was, I was like, okay, something original, something new, and because I saw it today, and it, it had been getting um, some pretty good reviews coming in, you know, I did kind of read a little bit online what was happening before, and that's where I saw that it was a short story, and there was a couple of people that were pointing out the differences in the two, but I didn't get into that piece of it because I just wanted to keep it whole with what I saw uh, this afternoon, but I was I was really excited, just like you guys were, to see something new, original, and uh, in the fact that it has Amy Adams in it isn't a bad thing either. I, I, she just seems to be in a lot of good movies. She just does. So I, I you know, I, I see her herself attached to it, and I think, okay, this has got to be a classy movie. That's what I thought, and uh, and it was. So it, it was it was very enjoyable. No, I'm right there with you. I I think uh, that was probably my original draw to the film. I I'm a huge Amy Adams fan. I've seen a lot of her movies, and then as you said, you know, just having this trailer feel like it was going to be a science fiction movie that just was 
more original but different, you know, and and uh, I hoped to, I mean, because, you know, we have done this before. This, the, the, the film was very similar to Contact, mm-hmm. the, the Jodie Foster uh, movie from years back there, based off the Carl Sagan book. But, um, you know, right up front, I'll be honest, I like this movie a lot better than I do contact um have either of you seen contact and oh sure yeah i've seen it a few times it's been a while but yeah and and i agree with your 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 synopsis there i think that the um the the approach they took it it could and i'm sure we'll get into this as we talk about the movie and we get more specifics into the plot line but uh i i thought it was it was really well made it was very very emotional and that it was something i really wasn't prepared for to be honest with you uh when i when I walked in and and how I felt coming out, so yeah, it it, it had an impact and it, and it and it made you think a lot. Contact was was a fine film on its own, but it it wasn't to this depth. It was it was far more emotional. I want to get right into that, I, Ken, because I, I had that same exact experience with this movie. I was um I was very emotional uh, mm. by the end of it. I I was. I, I'm not gonna lie. I was uh, I shed a few tears in this film, which I was not expecting whatsoever. And I, I I wondered what was it? Do you think about the film that moved you? For me, Matthew, it's funny when it comes to movies. And if if there's anything that involves children, I sometimes have a tough time with it. You know, being a dad and 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 all that. And and since my my first son was born, ever since I've had a tough time sitting in movies like like Ransom. You know, I remember yeah. wanting to pull the chairs off the uh, the <laughs> the seat. I just wanted to get out of there. And though this movie is nothing like that the the tragedy that occurs in this movie or you know the 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 whole piece of it with with her daughter and watching that whole experience brought me down to um to tears as well uh very much up front in the movie and then throughout all of it especially when it kept circling back and i think it was it was that connection and the the very powerful message in this film which i'm sure we'll dive into as well and i don't want to get too, too far down before, before Richard and I'll get a chance to talk, but that, that's really what it was. It was, it was being, it was, it was centered on the life experience of the child and how that plays into the film and how we need to look at things differently. And, and I mean, differently from the, from the lens of this movie, which it, it really does throw you, it, it takes you on in a real emotional ride. And, uh, it was deep. It was just very deep. What about you, Richard? Do you, do you feel like the film, moved you emotionally in a way that you maybe weren't expecting going in um well i mean yeah i was i was excited just like everyone else was that that was in there um in the theater i actually saw it on veterans day yeah i wasn't i wasn't expecting i was expecting like a a real sci-fi movie where well i mean obviously i've read the short story so i kind of knew what was going on uh, from the get-go but at the same time i it it, i didn't realize i mean because i was the same like ken i didn't realize how hard it was going to hit me because I had my dad there as well as my my six year old daughter, and I think it hit me harder because my daughter was there, and then my dad was there, and it's just it was just it, it was like Ken said it, it was an emo- it was a really oh my god I'm getting emotional now thinking about it, but it was a very emotional roller coaster, uh you know because I mean this. Well, I guess we'll talk about the story uh, a little bit later, but I mean, it's 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 a very powerful story, and and to me, it, it was a story of what makes us human. Taking uh, uh, uh taking the time to uh, cherish those moments, especially with our children, 
uh, especially and, and even in not even just with our children, but also with our parents and anyone else that's within our circle of friends and, and closest family. Cause, uh, yeah, it, it, it yeah, <laughs> it definitely hit hard. <laughs> For me, the, the thing that I think the storyline, I'm not a parent, but the storyline between the daughter and her mother and everything that happens in that, I, w- I was very surprised where that story took that turn. Uh, and especially with what you learn in the film about how Amy Adams' character, Louise, learns this ability to know what's going to come in the future because of everything she learns from the aliens and knowing that she will suffer by having the daughter but also experience immense joy at the same time and choosing to do both was an incredibly moving moment for me that she chooses life and and life in all of its glorious mess you know it's it's a beautiful thing but then on top of that, the moment when she realizes that she can find a way to say exactly the right thing to make the the Chinese military leader turn because of the gift that she's been given, that was the moment I think that I just kind of like the beauty of 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 the way in which communication can bring people together if they know the right thing to say. You know, and uh, it was it was great. Uh, I uh, I was just not expecting to walk out of this movie and just be kind of in this emotional headspace and having you know shed a few tears. Luckily, I'm sitting on the row by myself, and you know. Um, but uh, I'm not not ashamed of it. Um, just it, I, I was shocked that it happened. So, and I think that's the the hallmark of a truly great film is that it reaches inside of you, pulls something out that you didn't expect to have pulled out of you. I think that's it exactly. You, we, we go to so many movies now, and uh, the plot lines really don't change that much. You, you <laughs> insert character A here with plot B here, and, and off you go, and it's very formulaic. In this one, you can't outguess it. You can't get in front of it, which for me is torture sometimes, especially when the suspense starts to grow. And there were there were aspects of it I was coming out saying, you know, the movie played so well with just the connection between her and her daughter and the need to communicate that I often, I often felt that they, they didn't need the whole tension build up with the military and all that because I, I, I think the story could have been played a different way. If there if there was one thing that, that I was like, ah, why are we doing this again with, with the, the military being short-sighted and people going a little crazy? And then, of course, the detonation of the bomb. That was very much like contact, I thought. But the rest of it was so strong, it could have been its own movie on its own. And I know there has to be a tension that has to be set up. There has to be a risk, something in it. I think they could have come up with a, a different way to a degree. But, however, it... Um, it played so well and such a such a surprise, especially the ending with with uh, Jeremy Rayner's character that that I didn't see coming at all. And it was just amazing. And it's like, you, you got us. That's how I felt coming out of this movie. It's been it's been a long time since I've walked away from a movie going, wow, they got they, they got us all the way around. They got us on the intellectual level, the emotional level, the entertainment level. It was it really was a knockout. And it's it's something that uh, I'm sure once once seen again, there'll be other little things that'll get that'll get picked up. Um, 
but the sad thing is uh, you'll you'll never have that impact again right and you have to really you walk out of a theater like that like you were saying Matthew and your 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 head is spinning i was with my wife we didn't say a word um until we got out to the car just because both of us were were lost in thought we're thinking about it and uh then came the you know the 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 usual question well what do you think you know and then it was good but it wasn't even the time to answer it. We still needed more time to kind of process it. It was, it was, uh, it was quite an adventure. And I think, uh, you know, as you were talking, this whole idea of, of communication, and and you know, if you've ever been to therapy, uh, if you've ever been to couples therapy, you know, uh, any kind of therapy, you'll learn. And and I think most people realize that communication is the key to everything. Uh, that and and what I love that there's that point uh, in the story. When they're flying to Montana, where one of the ships has landed, and, and uh, this is one of the differences from the book, I think there's 120 ships uh, in in the book. There's only 12 in the movie, which I, I thought that was nice that you know they they simpled, simplified it a little bit. So her and Jeremy Renner's character, he's the scientist, she's the linguist. And they're flying, and he's reading the chapter, uh, the preface to her book, and in the the book starts with saying how that language is the foundation of society, all society, and and, and it, everything flows from there. And, and they have this argument kind of throughout uh, the movie of which one comes first. But I think the movie does a great job of showing just how important communication and language are to understanding everything. You know, because without language, you don't have you can't understand science to explain anything. You know, and and so really loved this because uh, as you were talking, Ken, it was reminding me, you know, that tension between the governments and the governments of the world and between the aliens and trying to understand. I felt like this movie was exactly what the entire world and especially in the United States that we need right now. This idea of communication, uh, being able to listen to not be divided, you know, because the more divided we are, the less we talk and the more dangerous it becomes. Uh, and I really loved the way that they came down to that language is a weapon and a tool at the same time. And how we use it is very important. Um because uh, like the, ch- the 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 Chinese government, as they're talking to their aliens, trying to learn to communicate with them, the way that they use language and the and the language that they use as they're teaching the aliens how to communicate with us, they start with a competitive language, understanding everything is like as in a game or a competition. And, of course, you know, on the other side, you have Amy Adams' character starting off with just trying to have understanding. I just thought that was so interesting, the idea of how we use language and, and like, what that means. Um, Because, as they said, you know, if you only use competitive language with somebody, it's basically like giving somebody a hammer, uh, and then everything looks like a nail. It just, it was, it was, this movie just was... It's so hard because there's it's so deep and there's so much to talk about in it. But I, I just felt like this is the film. This is the film that we need at this moment. 
I couldn't agree with you more on that one. Yeah, I mean, especially with, uh, like you said, in this day and age right now with with the election and um, how do, how really divided our country is right now. And this movie just personifies that whole uh, that everyone's different and everyone sees it a different way. And uh, we can definitely uh, uh, go one direction, thinking that we're, we're thinking we're all going the same direction, but the reality is, is that we're not. You know, especially when it comes to communicating with something with someone like an like an uh, an alien that doesn't even know us uh especially our language and uh yeah and this this movie uh is so powerful and it's so deep that it it's it, i i can't even explain it. <laughs> i i'm probably can't even explain this in this uh supplemental how deep this could go <laughs> he says to her because it's in her book language is the first weapon drawn in a conflict and it was such a powerful thought, especially having, you know, as we in America have just lived through an election, and a lot of places throughout the world have lived through tumultuous things, and watching how language is used as a weapon these days, especially with the way that we even just name things. Like, you put a label on something and somebody, and that changes your perception of them and gives you the freedom then because you put a certain label on them to treat them a certain way and how dangerous that is but that's because of the power that that label through language gives you or at least you feel like it does and just the idea of this this weapon that we wield with our tongues all the time because we aren't careful and we use it to give us license to do terrible terrible things and throughout the movie you see that play out you know because is this misunderstanding with the aliens when they say weapon, we think of it as we think of it. Oh, that means something bad, you know, something to hurt another. But for them, with naming weapon, it's like the ultimate tool. And it just, the way in which all of that comes together throughout the movie, talking about communication, understanding language and its importance was just beyond brilliant. No, I agree. I think the... um... The, the, at the beginning, you had a very optimistic, cooperative world. Uh, everybody's up on the screen, everyone's sharing data. And then little by little, it starts to cut different events, cut away at the trust, and their interpretations differ, and then it becomes a race, right? If there's the opportunity to get a quote-unquote weapon, well, then the Russians and the Chinese aren't going aren't gonna to share what they're going after. And then the United States bugs out. And you see all the other nations trying to, to reach everyone on the screen, and, and one by one they're all they're all cut off. And it's it's that journey roller coaster we take with this film, where you know gaining understanding is so key. And then Matthew, I think to your 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 point, when the different soldiers and I don't know what it is about the discipline of the army there, Richard, <laughs> but uh, you know listening to whatever he was watching on on the internet, you know that call in show getting into his head that um that that uh, you know that that we need to strike first and you know they they don't belong here and that incendiary language and so you know you, you see you see people at the most basic kindness trying to reach out trying to figure out and then you see the opposite you see the paranoia and you see people that have um power and, and what i mean by that is not just power in the in the sense that they're leaders or anything but they have a microphone Right, and what they're saying over the air is influencing people to do bad things or to panic, 
uh, to call out the National Guard, or you see all the looting, you see all these things going on, and the whole time the aliens are doing absolutely nothing but floating there trying to communicate, and the whole world is going in all these different directions, all made by interpretations, all made by communications, and nothing nothing's really foundational, right? People are just losing it. They, they assume the worst because people get in front of a microphone and start saying, you should be thinking about this, we should be striking now. And, and I guess that, w- that was what I was saying at the beginning where I kind of struggled with the movie a little bit is, you know, is that always our first instinct, you know, and, and why do we think that um, a race that can travel from wherever to get here um, would be vulnerable to us doing anything good, bad, or indifferent, right? And that 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 kind of gets to me a little bit. That that's where I'm like, well, yeah, you, you can strike, but you're you're pretty much um, most likely sending sentencing the Earth to death. So why not be slow, be methodical, and try to get your arms around things? And I and I understand that that's that's part of the movie to add to the tension, and you know, there's only so much time, and and all these things, but. I don't know about you guys, but in watching the whole movie, I never thought at any point uh, that the aliens were a threat. I don't know why. Maybe it was just Amy Adams or the way things were communicating there. And I guess that that also makes it frustrating when you're sitting there going, "No, these these you know they seem very benign. They they do not seem like they're they're here to do bad things because, in theory." They wouldn't even have to announce themselves to do bad things, right? Just like we see in a lot of sci-fi tropes. Uh, they come down, they they sit, the signals are there, and then boom. Well, in this case, th- there was there was nothing going on. So I, um, I I I really take away though that that the, those images of people talking in the news. They they put up a thousand different screens from broadcasters around the world and all the different perspectives, and it it was absolutely amazing watching this whole thing go down and watching people interpret things they wanted to in a certain way dictate how the world was going to go and the aliens just floating there the whole time to me that was just something that um, that struck me i like what you're saying a lot ken because i think that really leads to one of the things that i thought was so interesting in the movie this whole idea of perception and reality mm-hmm. and that they're not always the same thing uh, because especially even just with the way that the camera angles worked with the alien ship you know, the alien ship opens up at the bottom and allows you to come in every 18 hours. It's a straight shot all the way through the to the top is what it looks like. You right. perceive it as being one way, but how you actually get there is that the gravity in their ship changes the perception to a different reality, which is that you're you can walk you know, almost like you're on land. Like, instead of going right. up and down, it, it's like you're going horizontally. The perception doesn't match the reality. And that's the same thing of what you're talking about with all these different people saying all these different things about the aliens, making assumptions based off of things they don't know because they perceive it some way, but that doesn't necessarily make that reality. And the whole idea that the only way to really know is to find a way to communicate, you know, uh, and I thought that was a really important thing in the film. And again, what it's saying to us, I think today, that's so, so important. Your perception doesn't mean that it's actual reality, that it's truth. So what you think about a person, just because based on a couple of things that they may have done, 
might not be the reality. You know, uh, so I love that about this movie. Uh, and I think the thing that, you know, really brought that home is just the way I, just brilliantly the way they moved the camera even, you know, mm-hmm. uh, throughout the film. I, I just thought everything was, the, I didn't feel like there's anything in the film that's an accident. Like every frame, every scene, the way it's shot, it's all moving with the the themes of the film. And I just, I don't know. I just, oh goodness. Whew, this movie, it just got <laughs> me. It just got me. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I think it got us all. And, and I, I, I like what you're saying there because you're right. And that's why I say I'm sure when I see it a second and third time, there's going to be a lot of symbol, symbolism that, that was missed on this one because it's so intense and it's, it's mood, right? Is is dark and cloudy. There's it's, it really pulls you into a space that, um, you know, you 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 almost feel like it's it's a surreal environment. But again, the entire time was non-threatening, and even uh, the Chinese general at at the end proves to be you know more than human, which was which was kind of a nice thing. Um, the way the way it wound up, I like I said, I understand the journey they had to get us on, but I I did like the fact that. Um, there, there was a reason that they were acting a certain way, but I, I, I guess Matthew, Richard, one of one of the more interesting aspects of this is there seemed to be a race, right, to to get information, um, to drive home and try to figure out what the motives of the aliens are, which makes absolute sense. Everybody wants to know. We 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 think of it this way, and and Amy Adams' character, Louise, at the very beginning is like, this could take months. This could take a long time. There was no, there was no threat that could be um, perceived from the aliens other than they were there. And the race was brought on by the competitive nature of the different nations trying to get at that information first and, and figure out, now, I'm not saying it's necessarily wrong because everybody's anxious. You know, I, I, could, I could certainly imagine that if that same circumstance happened, we'd all be in our living rooms going, what, what's next? But at the same time, if the approach was this is going to take a while and it could have been somehow communicated and, and, and other nations weren't so um, aggressive in trying to figure things out, the understanding would have come and would have come without all that risk, you know? So it's, it's patience too that, 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 that needs to be learned. We, we're so used to wanting the information now, 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 that sometimes... Just like, you know, you, you see a lot of people, and my daughter's age, she's a college student. These are interesting times for this kid. I see that. And it's, it's like, we got to understand this right away. And if they don't, if they haven't been able to figure it out, they're just going to, they're going to throw something out there and say, this is what it is versus then really knowing what, what the point was or what they were trying to do. And that was, that was another interesting aspect to me. It's like, you know what? Sometimes you just got to go from step one to step two to step three to step four to get there. There is no express button. There is no turbo button. We we got we got to pace ourselves so that we get this right. Because one thing that was never articulated is if the human race was in jeopardy, you know, it would be really important for us to to make sure that we get off on the right foot with these aliens right off the bat, and um, and being slow, methodical, and patient instead of you know warships with all their weapons trained on it. Um, the military with tanks all on it. I mean, just just the whole the whole approach to this thing was very um, 
Well, it really was the opposite in many ways of Close Encounters, wasn't it? So it's it's just, uh, that's what I mean. This movie gets you thinking about all these different aspects and you start playing around with your head. But it, it, there's, 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 there's a lot of times, especially all of us being uh, Star Trek fans and all, where we look for the messages and the meanings and the understandings. And, and this movie's got a ton of them. And I think we've only been able just to begin mining it all out. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to take the opposite of you on this one, Ken, on, on some of the aspects. And I hate to be a negative Nancy on this one, but um, as my daughter uh, described them as the octopus people, um, actually, they're called hectopods in the movie. Um, I really think it's a it's a really uh, it, it's a it's an insight of what, how we look at how we would respond to, uh, like you said, I mean, they're just floating there in space, or I'm sorry, in the, in the air, not doing anything, wanting to communicate with us. But I have, a, I mean, I have a feeling that that's exactly how a lot of people would respond to that. I mean, around the world, uh, especially. And I, I, I don't have any research to back that up or anything like that, but it's just a, it's just a feeling as I was watching the movie and, um, it, it well, Richard, I'm not saying that that isn't how we would respond today. I think it's just another lesson to show why being patient, being methodical. You know, we have to, we have to, we have to learn patience. Well, this right? also, we, we, well, okay. I'm not trying to I'm not take away from your argument, but uh, this also was a two hour, two hour movie that was in the span of three months or something like that. But no, I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> no, I think I think both of you are are actually coming at it from just different sides because. Ken, you're saying that, you know, what you wished is that we would have a ra- a human race that's more highly evolved, that right. that wouldn't yes. be the the kind of people who use every quote-unquote crisis uh, as an opportunity to loot and to go crazy and, you know, because that's what we see around the world in this, this film. But really, I, I think that the reason that is, is that the movie plays on that idea of the fear of the unknown. Right. When you mm-hmm. don't know something, when you don't even know how to communicate with it, that scares us as human beings. And so yeah. w- what the movie, I think, does a great job of is showing how it is so important for us. It is paramount for us, even just as a race uh, the, a species of, of human beings to be able to break the walls down through language and good communication so that we don't have a reason to be fearful even of each other. Um, and and how, how important that is because otherwise it leads to what we see in the film. I mean, just take the aliens out and just have people being fearful of each other. It leads to these kind of things. I mean, honestly... Just look at the news today. Any day you want to turn on the news, there's riots somewhere and protests and, I mean, all sorts of crazy things happening because it's a fear of the unknown and an inability for us as a race to be able to communicate with each other in a way that is honest and true and isn't incendiary and used as a weapon. And again, all these things that the movie's talking about and the way that all the themes kind of flow together was really beautiful. Uh, but So I, I love how it shows us at our worst and gives us the best in a couple of characters like Amy Adams and Jeremy Renner 
So we have people to look to as what you were saying, Ken, what you would hope to see in the, you know, if this ever oh, yeah. happened. And I'm quite certain that everything that the movie uh, showed is exactly how it would go down, by the way. I'm not, I'm not ignorant to that. I'm just saying that there's lessons here and things to think through. And, um, and, and you know, it, is, it is amazing to me as I, as I look at the world today and I, and I see how people are defined and how quickly they are or a situation is, is defined as being this or that to fit a narrative that people want. You know, it's, it's reality gets lost, and so in this case, I, uh, I, I, I'm absolutely certain that everything that that we saw would go down, uh, probably faster. I don't think they'd wait three months, to be honest with you. But uh, yeah, that 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 was that was my main point, and and like I said, it's and I only have to go as far as the mirror to understand that, uh, you know, I don't think I would be the one with all the patients in the world waiting either. So I, I do get that. Did you guys, uh, so in the film, uh, you know, this whole idea of, of what the aliens are here for and what they give us in the end is what they consider the ultimate weapon, but it's also the ultimate tool. Either of you catch the uh, Star Trek connection here maybe with deep space nine oh very much very so, much yeah. so yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, even i think you i think all three of us said the line before she said it right it's not linear mm -hmm. uh, we, we, yeah before it was said we said it i, I know we did so yeah that the actually was the, <laughs> the prophets <laughs> that's right well the, yeah that was also one of the first things i said to my daughter uh, after the movie was that there's a little bit of star trek in this and uh, and then I went into Deep Space Nine. And, yeah, I got lost. So, <laughs> yeah, I it, it yeah I'm I, it was that was the very very first thing I thought of was when they started talking about nonlinear time and I'm like oh my god it's it they 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 took a page of uh, from uh, Deep Space Nine. What was so cool was watching the way in which you know in Deep Space Nine the prophets don't understand the idea of time. The hectopods do understand the idea of time, but the, their perception of it and, and the way in which their language works, it allows them to see all of these different points in time kind of simultaneously. Uh, and, and so they understand that time is linear, but they can see beyond the linear nature of it, which is such a mind-blowing, awesome sci-fi idea. Because then you get into this whole thing about the question of what does that do to free will? And, uh, you know, is it all just determinism if you all know the future? And all of this stuff. And I just thought, wow, this, this is just, this is what sci-fi does best. Because when you start down that road too, it also leads you to a lot of spiritual questions. Not just physical and metaphysical questions and and so to me this this film has so much to say about it i i was just legitimately blown away when this became the revelation that their ultimate weapon is what i kind of termed time language like by understanding their language it opened up time so that your perception of reality was the truth of what is going to happen before, you know, past, present, and future are all open to you. 
And how does that change everything? You know, like it's, it's just amazing. And, and I'll take it to its simplest form on this one, Matthew. And that is that uh, when, when all of this becomes, you know, when we become aware of what, what this is all about and, and the fact that, that Hannah's life had meaning and it had a purpose and that it wasn't Louise being selfish who gave, bore, who gave birth to a child that she knew would have a syndrome or a, uh, some, some, some uh, disease or, or whatever it was. I don't think they actually that, described what it yeah, was. Yeah, it was. It, it, they didn't have to. Yeah, they didn't. Well, yeah, say, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's just some sort of rare. Right. Something. So, but, you know, it almost sounded like, in, in, you know, which caused this marriage to split up because it obviously was something that was hidden, hidden from the father when they decided to have the baby and he couldn't handle it emotionally. And, you know, got very, very angry. And, and I could completely understand all aspects of that story. And that's what made it so powerful. But for me, you know, at the beginning of a film where you watch a child grow and then pass away, you're like, oh, this is going to be heavy, right? And, and you're hoping that the heaviest moments you just absorbed and that it was going to bring joy at the end. And while I wouldn't say it was joy and bliss, it, it, it completed the circle for me and... Uh, and and just like you were uh, elaborating, Matthew, that that you know, just think about this. You know, you 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 take you take from point A to point B out of it, and it's and and it can go in all kinds of different directions. Um, the one thing that I brought home, I guess, that I was the happiest about, uh, you know, was was seeing Louise and I can't remember Jeremy Rayner's character, uh, Ian, Louise and Ian, come back together and look to start again. Right, that was a whole renewal. Unless we were looking at the past, I wasn't really sure there. But I think it was, I think it was a new beginning for them, and then, um, you know, that 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 little girl's life, what it was, I don't know, it was eighteen or twenty years or whatever it was, sixteen. They never really tell you, um, you know, brought brought, um, I, I guess, brought the security of the world with her. I mean, I mean, from just from her learnings with her, and it says right up front, you know, you you save humanity, you know, the future, and. Yeah, it was a wild ride. It was really a wild ride. But for me, just that piece of it was like, thank you, because I would have, I would have had a tougher time walking out of that theater thinking that, uh, you know, the 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 value of that life. And and I'm not saying that it doesn't add a lot of value. It does. I'm not even saying what Louise did was wrong. I think what she did was right. I just, you just can't stand to see a child suffer, right? And and it's 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 mind blowing to think that you would have a child knowing. The second we're born, we're sentenced to death, but you don't want that sentence to be anything less than 75 years, right? I mean, that's that's the thought process. And so that that was just a, um, I don't know, an incredible thing just to ponder on your own that has its own theological and philosophical discussions. That, 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 that piece of it could just be a great talk, right? You think about it. And I think one of the, the really amazing things, because the question becomes for her because she is the one who's really gifted with this gift. Mm-hmm. She, the, the time language begins to rewrite how she thinks and, and allows her to be able to perceive time, past, present, and future, and to be able to see things that others can't see. It's also what allows her to save the world. What I loved about it is the question became for her, if you could see your whole life would you change anything, even right. the pain? 
and what she comes to, and and, and this was something that uh, they talked a little bit about in the book, uh, and and then in the movie was the uh, Freemats principle of how light waves travel, and that mm-hmm. they always choose the maximum or the minimum distance between two points to get somewhere. And so that the beauty of what she chooses with her daughter, Hannah, is that she is choosing the maximum amount of joy and the maximum amount of pain that anybody can suffer as as a human being. You know, you will have the ultimate joy of having a child, you know, but you will have the maximum pain of losing that child. She realizes that pain and joy come together because that's what it means to be human. She understands that human life. This is what I loved about the film is it, it's I think it's so important for us as 21st century human beings to get this point. Life is pain and life is joy. You don't get one without the other. You can't you can't have a life without having pain in it. And that pain is not unnecessary. It's not bad. It's formative. It's good because it also leads to maximum joy as well if we are find a way to learn from it. And it's just um, glorious. I the the, yeah. the 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 what I love about this film to me is that it seems like an ultimate expression of the joy of life of humanity of what we have what it is what it isn't and that life no matter how bad or good it just is and it's important and it's important that everybody get the opportunity to experience that she didn't take away from her daughter the opportunity to experience life just because she knew she wasn't going to live as long as we all would have wanted her to live she still deserved the chance her daughter did to live and get to experience life for as long as she would be here. Because, you know, as you said, Ken, nobody knows how long we're all going to be here. (laughs) I could die in five minutes. That's just the reality of the situation for us as human beings, you know? I Yeah, so the, the, the incredible message of for her knowing the future didn't change her from changing that future. No, it actually helped her make that future want to come to happen. Because honestly, I think it's because she could see the joy and the pain and how they work together. And, And isn't that what so frustrating as humans? We're so finite that we barely get the opportunity to understand both of those things in our own lives. You know, and again, it's about perspective. When you have a broader perspective of being able to see what's to come and how it all works together, it kind of helps when you know how the puzzle goes together, you know? I do. I, th- I think the other the other part of the message, too, is the message about love, right, and, and unconditional love. And um, it's interesting that even though it's not played as much, Louise would not have been successful without Ian. He was an integral part of pulling it all together. So it became this family dynamic with Louise, Hannah, and then Ian. Now, Ian's role was more technical, but he actually figured out the mapping. He opened up 
a lot of the doors that she was able to walk into and figure this whole thing out. The thing is, during the whole movie, we just think he's a physicist, a scientist, and he is just driving at all this. We had no idea that that was her husband at one time and the father of Hannah. And I think that very end part, to me, was was um, incredible. Um, just just the hug at the end, right? When and 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 then when you know the the movie slowly goes to dark and then it, it comes back and you see that silhouette outside uh and and it winds up being Ian to me it was it was just very very powerful and um it 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 it, it was wonderful I, I don't even even know how to express it it was just absolutely wonderful it was just pure joy pure love um all coming full circle and they each dealt with the issue of Anna, Hannah in their own way, um, which very understandable. And then at the end, because they had a child and they come together because of this circumstance, which was all predestined, it looks like, they saved the world. And it's, it's, it's an amazing ride. And I, I think his, his piece of this, while underplayed, is integral and extraordinarily important. Wow. <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm in class right now. <laughs> Just listening to you guys talk. Uh, you guys have hit every point uh, that I was actually even thinking about talking uh, about this entire film. Uh, wow. <laughs> there is, um, and I want to mention it for everybody because I think there's uh, a couple of books that have been really close uh, to me in my life that have actually helped uh, this play out and kind of understand this principle almost of, of like time and, and seeing time. And I recommend the, the short story. I think that's really good. It's worth reading story of your life. Uh, if, if you can pick it up another book um, by uh, one of my favorite authors, the author, her name is Mary Doria Russell. And she wrote two books. One's called the Sparrow uh, and the other is called children of God. And uh, I, the storyline, because of the space travel that is involved, allows a character to live for about 150, 200 years because of the, the relativity uh, of space travel. And through that, the author is able to allow the main protagonist to experience the perception of time more in the way that Louise does, where she can see the future, basically. And he, for him, he gets to experience and understand all of the different ramifications of all of the different things that he went through in a way that most humans don't because we don't usually live long enough to really see the full perspective of it all. And I love that and I just wanted to uh, reference those because I think it helps us understand as human beings why we get so frustrated why we have this fear of the unknown because we don't know the future uh, we we don't have that perspective of seeing from the outside in of what's going to come how it all works together and that's what leads us so fearful and that's what makes it so important for us to try and find ways to communicate with each other in which we don't automatically throw a label on somebody so that we can treat them in a certain way that allows them to do the same thing back at us. 
there's so much more to it than that. And I just think this movie portrays that beautifully. And I have to give the cast a lot of love here. Because I think Amy Adams, Jeremy Renner, and Forrest Whitaker, the real leads of this film, are just phenomenal. And really, I, I think it becomes the interplay between Amy Adams and Jeremy Renner that really becomes the most important thing. And they do a phenomenal work. So um, I just really wanted to give them all the props because I think they really deserve it. Because, you know, they together, and, and really Amy Adams at that point, they carry this film. They bring you on all of that uh, emotional journey. They make you feel everything, not in a way that feels manipulative. It just feels so beautiful uh, and and just real. And that's, you know, that's the kind of acting that just makes a, a movie sing to me. I agree. I I, I'll bring it down. This has been a, a very deep and heavy conversation, and uh, I think it's okay if we if we go a little lighter for a second here. I just I I agree. I thought that the cast was was pretty solid. I could not figure out Forrest Whitaker's accent at first. I thought it was British. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then then it sounded very Boston. Um, you know, being from Boston, and and it, it and it kind of trailed between, you know. Um, I don't know. It, it was. It was. It, however, he was playing this when he first walked into the to her office in civilian clothes, calls him Colonel. I could have sworn he was speaking with a British accent, and then it, it changed a lot, and his dialect changed a lot. Uh, and it was. I, I I think because we we probably all, well, being in podcasting, listening a lot, and and going to movies, you you and, and Star Trek's always been fun with the dialects and stuff. You pay attention to it. His his was. Um, Unique to say the least, and it floated all over the place. But it it didn't diminish his role, but it did it did make me kind of go, what what what's going on? Where is he? Where is he trying to take this character? Because he he played it well, and you know, as he's been around, I, I, you know, first movie I remember him in was was Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I think that had to be like eighty four or eighty five, something like that. <laughs> and you look at all this this time that's gone by. Um, you know he he he's matured and uh, he he's he looks great and he and he played a, a solid uh, officer somebody who was both an advocate and a realist trying to to balance the pressures on both sides he did he did a great job but I just I just curious as to what you guys you know came up with your determination it certainly wasn't Coloradan I felt like he it almost felt like a strange like really odd southern accent. Really? But, That's how you kind of... Uh, yeah, but you're right. It was. I couldn't ever really figure out what the accent was that he was trying to do either. So I'm right there with you. Yeah, I actually thought it was a Boston accent as well. When I when he first spoke in, the, uh, in his first scene, yeah, I thought the same thing. And yeah, I, I was thinking of you, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But at any rate, that's this, just one little thing. But overall, I thought the cast was great. Um, the music was was powerful it it wasn't uh it wasn't something that that i, I don't know it was kind of hard to describe i was definitely paying as much attention to it as a, as i could but you know there there wasn't anything bombastic or striking about it because it didn't need to be because of the mood it 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 portrayed the mood which foretold that this this child was not going to have you know a happy long life i i you could just kind of tell by the music, the way it was playing, um, that, that it hinted as something sad. And though the music was intense, it wasn't ominous, but it, it, 
definitely um, added to the feel and the mood of the film. It, it was, it was. Um, I thought all pieces, the the cinematography, kind of the, the the gray tones, the dark tones, the music, and then of course the the brilliant acting really pulled it all together. And, and the special effects worked very very well. I, I, it doesn't seem like this movie had a huge budget, but it, uh, you know, to me it was it was technically very sound as well. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Yeah, I absolutely love the music in this in this movie. It's it was one of that was one of the uh, my favorite parts of this whole entire movie was the flashbacks. Well, future flashbacks, um, but uh, or 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 whatever. Um, but like, it's just it was one of those. It, the 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 music obviously the music uh, uh, during the time of the flashbacks was very subtle. Was very, and at times, yes, it was even sad and you could feel I, I i mean when she when she when the hannah was dying uh you could definitely feel the the how deep the music was to make how sad it was to for, for a time that uh you know obviously she's dying and you don't want to, uh, a parent bearing or even uh you know seeing their child die is not really a, a, a good thing at all but um it's very traumatic i'm sure um yeah, and that, yeah, like I said, this, this is it's one of my favorite uh, uh, parts of the whole entire thing was the flashbacks. I mean, it, in throughout the whole entire movie, yes, and I, I mentioned that my daughter was with me. It's one of those things that, funny enough, lately I've been thinking about my daughter and how I communicate with her and um, how how she sees it and how I see it. And it's a communication uh, communication lesson between the two of us. On you know, I try not to hurt her feelings on. Uh, or make her um, or have her understand how I'm seeing it, and then vice versa, making it uh, make it fair on both sides. But I mean, like I said, throughout that whole entire movie, my daughter was right there. She was quiet, watching the movie, and it it just that whole that whole those scenes brought me to tears because it's like, what if I what what if I do something that she doesn't understand that I'm gonna it's gonna bite me in the ass later down down the road, or you know how how do I communicate? effectively to her uh, something that I feel is important to me. Uh, it's especially lessons in life and, and just my, my basic moral. Yeah. Man, <laughs> Sorry, we I, went deep again. <laughs> no, I love it about this movie. I love that there's legitimately so much in it that keeps me thinking. And I, I, to me, that's the hallmark of a great film. One that, has a wonderful story and incredible uh, themes and the ability to just make you continue to think about the world in which you live and your place in it and everything around you in a new and interesting or even just critical or thought-provoking way. You know, like I just love movies that can can change your perception or... or thoughts on reality because of the way in which they do such a good job of helping you think about something maybe just from a perspective you hadn't before. And I think it's fantastic. I guess that really leads me to you guys because I do feel like this is one of those films that we could continue to just dig into and talk about, you know, all day long. But we don't have that much time. <laughs> so I guess, um, I guess it will, let's, because I, I would love 
to do this in a way that allows people to really uh, understand what we, how much we liked the movie and if they should go see it if they haven't. And mm-hmm. so let's do this out of 10 because uh, it gives us a lot of, of leeway there. Out of 10, Richard, for you, what do you think for Arrival? Uh, uh, knowing that, uh, knowing what I already knew uh, from the book, uh, I already, like I said, I already knew what was going to happen. and Well, for the most part. Uh, and and then actually watching the movie uh, it, it, on like like I said on Veterans Day with my and it, it was even worse with my daughter next to me, <laughs> but like and on the, how emotional it was. But if I had to do it out of ten, it would be a, a fifteen to be quite honest, because it was way over the top uh, that I was expecting. I was expecting just a regular sci-fi movie, not not an emotional roller coaster that I experienced. What about you, Ken? Well, I, I don't know about fifteen, but I I know where that's coming from. I I would say it's 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 a solid nine out of ten, uh, and and that's just you know there's there's a lot of good movies, but I think what what separates this, if you were to ask me in the last year, I would say ten out of ten. Uh, you know, last five years, it's it's still up that high. It's it's hard to for me to remember a movie in recent times where I was taken on a ride like that, and. Uh, I'm sure if I was to be able to clear my head, because I'll, I'll tell you, for all the listeners there, and I'm hoping you've seen it because we spoiled it <laughs> crazy, <laughs> but it, it, it takes you on such a ride, on such a journey, and it, it, it actually fogs in mass. I'm try, I was trying to think, you know, we talked about contact. There was a few elements of signs in this movie. There, there, was, there were elements from other movies in it, but it was just never, no one single movie I, that I know of has put it together as well as this. And... Uh, uh, for this year, when I think of all the films that have come out, and, and there were some pretty good films, and they were mostly popcorn movies, um, this 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 was this was as intense as it gets. I mean, I would say, you know, Batman versus Superman, kind of uh, the extended version anyway, really took me for a good ride. I thought it was well done, um, but this one, from an emotional level, it's been a long time since I've come out of the movies um, feeling like this, and. Um, you know, emotionally over the top and, um, uh, but, but yet happy, you know, and so it was, it, it did its job. This is what you go to the movies for folks. Let me tell you that if, if you really want an experience, um, it's, if it, it it's a great experience. Sorry, I, I'm babbling, but uh, no, no, I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm right there with you guys because I'm, I'm, I'm having trouble. Like, how do I I- explain how good I think this movie is? And, so I'm right there with you both. Uh, I think this is, for me, it is a 10 out of 10, 5 out of 5, you know, whatever your rating scale is, that's what it is at the top. Uh, and I'm looking at the list of the movies I've seen in the theater this this year in 2016. And uh, I'll just put it in perspective for people. For me, the this is the best movie that I have seen this year, followed closely, I think, by 13 hours, which I thought was fantastic. Then you start to get into to everything else, like you can, Batman v Superman for me, and the extended version was incredible. We we're talking about just the quality of the, the film and how much it made me think and everything about it. Arrival is is the top movie for me right now in 2016. Uh, when, I, when I think of just the kind of film that you would expect to win some awards, um, or especially, you know, like... I feel like this is is definitely the best sci-fi movie I've seen this year, uh, and so uh, I expect this to win, you know, Nebula Award for best film, 
uh, sci-fi wise, that kind of stuff. You know, so yeah, this is this is an incredible movie. If you haven't seen it, I really do uh, encourage you go go find this film, go see it, uh, share it with others. You know, bring. Uh, you know, is is Richard? You brought your daughter and your dad, and can you share it with your wife? You know, go share this with with people that you know, and allow it to open up the communication <laughs> between you. That's right. Uh, and um, you know what? I heck, go see it with somebody who's on the different side of the political aisle than you. <laughs> so you know, I I think that's the other thing too. That's how powerful I think this movie is for all of us here. Uh, and around the world. So I, I really do hope that people will go see it. Um, I'm so glad that we got to talk about this t- and, and share it with you. We've got amazing associate producers here on the show. One of them is sitting here with us, Ken Tripp uh, and Davis Grace and Norman Lau. Thank you guys so much for supporting this show here, the 602 Club, as well as the network as a whole. Uh, now, Trek FM is a big network. We have a lot of shows. We have so much going on. There's no way we can do this without the support of listeners just like Ken or Davis or Norman. Thank you guys so much. You can see what they did and go to patreon.com slash trekfm. See how you can be part of our team. Honestly and truthfully, every little bit helps. It doesn't have to be a lot. Every little bit makes sure that all of the shows keep coming to you each and every week. So just go over to patreon.com slash trekfm and I hope you'll sign up to be part of what we're doing here with us now ken it was fantastic to have you here in the 602 club i can't believe it's taken this this long to get you on we're gonna have to have you back but um let everybody know where they can find you and uh what else you're doing here on the network yeah we'll do well first thanks for for inviting me it was talk about coming on with a heavy movie huh this was uh this was a great conversation and i i really enjoyed being on the show with you and richard uh it's 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 always been a classy show obviously one of my favorites so to be on it pretty cool anyway uh you can find me on the network as a co-host of standard orbit with my friend zach moore and uh, i'm on the babel conference quite often and you can find me on twitter at boston scpo well richard it's great to have you back um quick thing i didn't even think to mention this you know uh my wife was in the army she's also still in the national guard so uh, it bothers her when things aren't done correctly, like uniform-wise and that kind of stuff, military protocol. Anything jump out at you in this film, or did it look pretty clean? It was it was pretty clean until I saw different uniforms. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, it, well, I mean, in, in right now, uh, with the Army going uh, to different uniforms as is, it's it, it's typical, you'll see. But going from, from what the veterans will see is BDU, Woodland B, BDU going into Army e, uh, ACU which is the army combat uniform. And that's what bothered me the most. But yeah, I, I, I saw it too. <laughs> yeah. If I, I, I always I've notice too, thing. if they're not, if, <laughs> if they're wearing their hats inside, nope. Army people do not wear their hats inside. Unless they have a weapon. That's true. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Navy doesn't either. But one thing I'll point out that was kind of funny is the, the Chinese fleet was an American fleet with CGI Chinese flags. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it was. That's right. <laughs> that's those were funny. all. Those were all American ships. I, I kind of got a kick out of that. But oh, you know, that's, that's great. Well, there you go. Inside for you guys, uh, Richard. Um, where are you uh, here on the network, and where can everybody find you online? Well, um, everyone can hear me on uh, Earl Gray. I'm a co-host with Amy Nelson and Lee Hutchinson, launching soon. 
Um, and they can find me on the Babel Conference. I pop in here and there and on Twitter at xransom. Well, everybody can find me on Twitter at MattRushing02. Uh, you can also, of course, find me here on The Orb with Chris Jones doing Deep Space Nine all the time. We love talking Deep Space Nine. We hope to be back soon as Chris is recovering. So thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to allow him to recover the way that he needs to. I really appreciate that. But um, we hope to be back as soon as we can, God willing. So uh, just keep praying that uh, Chris gets better and we'll be able to come back and do shows for you guys. But I really just wanted to say a huge thank you to all of you who have allowed that to happen and understood health is more important than anything else. You can also find me on Literature Checks with Bruce and Dan talking about the books and the comics of Star Trek. And of course, also getting the opportunity to talk to the authors about those books. We have a blast over there. Uh, you can find the 602 Club, of course. And if you love Star Wars and just want all the Star Wars episodes of 602 Club, you can find that in Star Wars The 602 Club Collection. That's also on iTunes for you. And if you can't get enough in Star Wars, because I don't know who can't, you can find me on Aggressive Negotiations with John Mills talking about something fun in Star Wars each and every week. That's over on thenerdparty.com, or of course you can find that on iTunes. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us. And y'all come back now, you hear? You hear?